What's up, movie lovers? It's been a minute. It's your girl, Rossi. And tonight I have the funny, lovely comedian Coco Hayes that's going to join us. And we're going to talk about the Chris Rock stand-up selective outrage. All right, guys. So let's get into this. What's up, Coco? Hey, how you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. So, guys, tonight we're going to talk about um, Chris Rock's um, funny stand-up that he did um, a few nights ago. It's on Netflix right now. It's called Selective Outrage. And um, before we get into that, we're going to get into Coco, and I want her to get, get, let you guys know a little bit about her, okay? So, Coco, why don't you introduce yourself to, to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself. Hey, everybody. I'm Coco Mays, or the Baby Jaguar, as they call me. Um, I'm into the business of comedy promotion and scouting new talents and promoting them on our TNT Thursday night um, Thursday Night Thunder Showcase, Comedy Showcase, in Sacramento at the Infusion Lounge. Um, I enjoy all things comedy, so this topic is right up my alley. Let's talk about it. Awesome. Okay, so when did you get into comedy, though? So when I retired, I did 22 years U.S. Navy. I've done LBN. I am a certified chef. I am a published author. So when I retired last year, I needed something to do with my time. And I didn't want to work a traditional job anymore. So I started just going to local comedy shows once I discovered comedy in Sacramento. So I just started going and I've been addicted since. I love going to open mic nights. I love going to the big names. I love going to the small names. I just love the art of comedy. Right. So it's been about a year and I just recently got into the promotion side of it. And they say if you do something you love, it's never a day of work. So every day is a good day. I'm I'm at the open mic nights. I'm at the comedy shows, punchline. I'm all over Sacramento (laughs) with comedy. I'll go to the Bay Area. (laughs) Came back from New York and went into our Northern California comedians who did the Apollo out there. So, yeah, it's been it's been a wonderful year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congrats on everything that you're doing. That's really awesome. And as Joanne says, thank you for your service, Coco. You know, we have, you know, we we always talk about Renaissance men, but can we talk about Renaissance women? I mean, this is a woman that wears many hats. All right. She can cook you some food. She can tell you some jokes. She can do promotions for you. She does it all that. And she can defend your freaking country. All right. So absolutely Coco Mays. All right. So we, I've been waiting to get her here. We've been uh, what uh, about a month or so? Okay, yeah, and so we were gonna. She was gonna come months. on. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's been. A while since I've been trying to get her here, so I'm really happy that you're here, blessing our podcast and helping us out here at Coco. Um, so, all right. So Chris Rock, selective outrage. First impression. My first impression was I was expecting classic Chris Rock, right. and I can say he didn't disappoint. It just seems that this special, he was speaking from a place of trauma and healing. And it was he was speaking his truth. A lot of times we expect these comedians to get on stage and say something funny, you know, make us laugh. And most times the comedians are telling truths about their lives and it just happens to be funny. 
I think Chris Rock was speaking from a place of trauma and healing. And he was speaking his truth into some people that may not have been funny, but it was his truth. Right. Um, Coco and I was talking about that um, backstage about what what she thought about it and what I thought about it. And she's also was telling me what her her other um, uh, comedian friends um, that's in the industry, you know, thought about Chris Rock's performance last night. I myself, I had mixed reviews. I, you know, I think I'm coming from what Coco was saying, you know, get on stage, tell the jokes, be funny, like bigger, blacker, all that. Um, and she explained, you know, he's coming from a different, you know, standpoint. So we all know what happened uh, last year. It was last year. Wasn't it yeah. last year? OK, last yeah, year. it seems like it was. So last year, everyone knows about the, the, the Will Smith, Chris Rock, the whole slap and all that. So we've all been waiting for Chris Rock to speak on it, to say something on it. And so I am happy that he waited until he had a stand up special to speak on it. And he didn't talk about it until the very end, but his his it was a different type of Chris Rock. It w- it was really different. I thought he was really funny, but he his approach was a little different this time. And he had a running theme throughout the whole show, which was you know he'd speak on a rapper, for instance, Snoop Dogg, and and why is Snoop Dogg everywhere doing commercials and all that? And then he would say you know, but I don't need another rapper, you know, getting mad at me and slapping me. At first, when I heard it, I didn't get it until you watch it and you you know you get an, an understanding of okay, this is the theme that he's going with. Um, anything that stood out, other than before we get to the clap. Anything that stood out to you about this performance? Because it was different than other performances. And what was that for you? I wrote some things down. To me, it seemed like he was fearless. He touched on so many sensitive topics in a short period of time. And it felt like he had to get it out like he was purging. He went from (laughs) transgender to OJ, the Kardashians, to Russia. The illegal abortions, you know, kids, he touched on so many topics. And to me, it almost felt like he felt free. Right. No, he could say these things and those sensitive topics because he had just experienced all that trauma. We literally watched this man get assaulted on stage and he did nothing. You know, he waited patiently a year and he came out and came out strong and came out swinging. He didn't hold anything back, but he did it in his own way. Right. And I can appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can appreciate that. Um, I I wrote down some things too. I do want to say this, like when you see Dave Chappelle special and he talks about these issues, it was different when Chris Rock talked about the issues because I felt like with Dave Chappelle, it's you get it's a joke. What Chris Rock, like Coco said, he experienced this. Like this is what he experienced. And so when he spoke on the woke or you know, whatever it was, I got a sense that this is how he felt. Like he wasn't just entertaining us. This is how he felt, unlike with Dave Chappelle he's making a joke, you know, so you don't know, does he really feel that way? But with Chris Rock, I did get that. He's like, like Coco said, he's purging. Um, and so the whole, um, we'll, we'll say to Megan, Megan Markle. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. I've been waiting for someone to speak on this woman, like for real, for real speaking like us, like we're, we're speaking on this woman, the joke that he made about, her complaining that the royal family is racist. They're colonizers. What did you expect? What do you, you know what I mean? Like, they're colonizers, okay? 
we we understood that we got that everyone making a bill or she's making a big deal about it and another thing i want to speak on and let's be real about this people especially my, my people when a baby's born whether it's biracial or even if it's a baby and mom and dad are black they do check ears yes, they always do. check the ears we check ears we check knuckles we'll thank look at you like we're concerned about how brown the baby. Let that baby be burnt too light, you know. Right, that right. Too, you right. Know? right. So, like you said, it's not a racism thing. It's no. a family it's thing. An it's exactly. It's a family <laughs> thing. My mother said she did that with. My mom was the one that told me look behind his ears. I never understood that. She's like, because no, the ears get a little bit darker and the the color sets in, so you can pretty much tell what 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 color. You know, uh, what 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 spectrum of brown this baby's going to be? So it's there's nothing racist about it. It, It's it sounds silly, I know, but I grew up with that. Coco, come on, you grew up with that. I went through it. My son came out so light. His dad was looking at me, and I was like, "Hey, whoa, (laughs) hey." (laughs) So when Chris Rock said it, I've lived it. So I. Makes it funny because it's true. Exactly. And we we've gotten away from the funny guys. I mean, listen, I come from the world and the school of anybody can get it. Okay. Anybody can be made fun of. If you're in a wheelchair, if you're not, because that is equal opportunity, folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a, a special group that doesn't get it. But I love that he, he spoke on Meghan Markle and to let people know out in the world. And let her know, you know, it's an in-law thing. You know, right. it's a family thing. As far as them being colonizers, everybody. That's why we didn't make a big uproar because the thing she was complaining about, we were just right. like, like, we already girl, knew. Stop. We expected that stuff. Right. Like, girl, like. Exactly. Exactly. So when he spoke on that, I thought that was funny. What was there? Uh, what was your funny? Um, how, like, we all know Chris Rock is not a big, buff, strong guy. He's never been a thug. He's never been that guy. And it was almost as if he had to explain that to his audience. Like, come on, you guys know I'm not that guy. Right. But did it with his words, the way he kept emphasizing the B word. Like, I feel like he had to get that. Right. Right. You know? So it was like. Colin, he called Will Smith, you know, Suge, Suge Smith or Suge Smith, you know, to emphasize how Will Smith is the bully in this situation. That was like, go go ahead, Coco. I'm sorry. How he emphasized and explained that in situations that he was not a victim. I think he wanted it to be known that he didn't feel like a victim. He didn't want to be treated like a victim. He didn't want the cry. He said the ER is full of people with paper cuts. And I think he said that to let us know that he doesn't look at himself as a victim and we should not either. You know, he's like, he's not complaining about the slap. I think he was hurt by it because he emphasized how he loved Will Smith, followed his career. He was hurt by this, but he's angry. He kept with the B word. And when he went in and said something true, Jada hurt Will way more than he could Thank ever. You. I question it too. Why of all the people to hit, right. of all the people right. who spoke to me, why him? Right. Absolutely. I, and I thought the the whole uh, G.I. Jane joke, okay, the, the joke that he made about Jada. First of all, Jada's beautiful with hair, without hair. Jada's gorgeous. Um, I saw the G.I. Jane movie. 
Demi, Demi Moore did a great job. She looked great in the movie with her shaved head. Nothing funny about it. So I, I thought it was a fitting joke for the fact that she was shaved. Yeah. Um, I thought the whole G.I. Jane 2 coming. First of all, Jada, capitalize on that, you know. We haven't seen a G.I. Jane since it first came out. She could should have capitalized on that and could have been G.I. Jane too. Yeah. It was an innocent joke. And I felt like Will was put in a position to where he was laughing at first. Everyone remembers him laughing at first. Mm-hmm. But then when he saw she wasn't too happy about that, if he pops off. And that was just Oh my gosh, like just it just to him for him to do that because I'm a Will Smith fan. For doing what Rock does, he tells jokes. Exactly. He justifies men doing what he does. He tells jokes. Right. Just like uh, Ricky Gervais does jokes and tells jokes on the whole audience at the Oscars. He does that. No one gets up and slaps him and and, and does that. And Will knew that he can do that. Like everyone says, and I do believe it, because uh, Chris Rock is a, a. uh, even though he's a comedian, I think he's a mild mannered person. Um, he's um, respectable. He's just not, you're not going to see him brawl. I, You've never heard anything about uh, Chris Rock and, and anything like that for, for Will Smith to go and do that, knowing he's not going to hit him back. Because right. if he did that to anyone else, come on. He could, like people said, he couldn't have done it to The Rock. He couldn't have done it right. to Suge Knight. He did it to 50 Cent. He wouldn't. Ne- oh, come. Never. He did it to a target that he knew would not hit back. So right. I am happy that that Chris Rock um, waited until this performance because I couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say. Yeah. And what he said was worse yes. than if they would have let that man alone. Now you gave that, gave that man a year to yeah. put the jokes together and him bringing up, as he said, let's talk about it. You mm-hmm. have a woman that brought her man onto a show to talk about an entanglement that she's having with her son's boy. He yeah. could have made that joke that night, guys. He, he could have said that. He left that alone and just went with the easier joke, which was funny, G.I. Jane. And it was very fitting. I mean, it's yes. a hair. And we love G.I. Jane. Like, absolutely. It was a badass. Jimmy was Uh, bad at that movie. Right. Right. No? Yes. Um, I also like the fact that he hit on the R. Kelly. I loved (laughs) that. Don't listen to his music, but we'll play some Michael Jackson. Thank you. Thank you. And dance to Michael Jackson. But when (laughs) R. Kelly comes on, as Chris Rock said, everyone's an activist. Yeah. Everyone's now an activist. What do you think about that, though? Um, until he said it, I didn't realize I was guilty of that myself. Nothing yeah. against R. Kelly. It's just right. something about when his music comes on. Yes. I groove a little, and then I'll feel guilty. But some Michael Jackson, like, I let it play. And I don't know why that <laughs> is. So that's why when he said it, I was like, ooh, I'm guilty of that one. Right. <laughs> right. Same here. So guilty. because and, and, and that's so sad because... If you do listen to R. Kelly, you do. For me, I know I have guilt. Like, oh, I know I should not be listening to 12 Play. I should not be reminiscing about that. I shouldn't be doing it, you know. But then Michael Jackson, all day, playlist, don't think about it, all day long. So him to even speak up on that earlier in the show, I was dying because we do that. Selective outrage, folks. That's what we all have. We have selective outrage. And that title was fitting for that. Your next one. Very fitting. Um, What else? Let me see. 
um, how in the beginning, how he was saying, because everybody expected him to lash out yeah. and hit back. And yeah. then he probably had some people telling him, oh, no, be humble. Words don't hurt. It was just right. words. He said, you know, <laughs> have you ever been punched in the face? Right. He's like, it real. Like, I just got punched and yeah, it hurt. Right. Right. I, lie, I thought it was fake when I first seen it. I couldn't. Yeah. Is this real? Did he really hit him? Was it? And from the sounds of it, that man really got hit. You know, hard. He was saying like, "Yeah, it hurt." Right. Probably crushed his ego. That man could have went home and went into a depression. And we don't know what he's experienced this year, but I could hear the trauma in his jokes. Right. You know, it was almost was he'll go between a trauma joke and a regular Chris Rock joke. A trauma joke. There you go. Like he caught a little, he did a little dance move and it was like, felt his groove. And then the jokes just flowed after that. Okay. And that's, that's where my issue was, was I'm okay. So I'm getting ready. I know Chris Ross, Chris Ross funny. I've seen all his specials. So I'm coming at this as let's go, Chris Rock. I know he's going to speak on the whole, the whole Will Smith, but that's not all I was waiting for. I, I also just Chris Rock, you know what I mean? So he, and and that's the thing where he would go from a a trauma joke and then it'd be, oh, there's Chris Rock. Yeah. And then it'd be the trauma, you know, stuff, because a lot of things are going on in society right now, guys. And we all know, we don't have to lie about it. We know exactly what's going on in society. You can't say this, you can't do that. You can't any of this. Okay. So for him to talk about it, I feel like, I feel like uh, when comedians have to, deal with this whole social thing Mm -hmm. they have to be I feel like they have to be careful and I felt like in a way he had to he was being careful do you you, you feel like it was Um, I feel like on some topics he was being careful and on other topics he would just go all in okay and I think that comes from that trauma you know that place of trauma where he's like he doesn't want to say the wrong things anymore he doesn't want any of that i think he just wants he wants to do his comedy the way he does it and i think this is just the beginning of uh, whatever next special he's going to come it's going to be that classic chris rock because he had to find his groove again he has to be in his skin again right i love i love the way you just said that i love what you just said because it, that that makes sense, okay? So this special is a special where he has some things he has to talk about because he knows we want to hear it. Plus, he's given us his 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 Chris Rock special. But I I do agree with you that the next one that will come out because there will be a next one. It will be on on Netflix and it will be huge. I feel like now that he's got this all the way, he can be the Chris Rock that the funny bigger and blacker like Chris Rock where he doesn't have to go out here and and explain or talk about the 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 the, the silliness that's going on in the world so um another one of the the jokes i thought was funny was how the fact that another selective outrage is that we'll be on our phones all day we'll be tweeting we'll be doing all this while our phones are being made by as he says child slaves okay i when he he said that i was dying because that is so true true. here we are judging one thing on a phone made by child slaves it just yes look at life and take it easy like we're so hard on some things like we're we're hypocrites he's calling us He's calling us hypocrites, you know, Absolutely. And to an extent. Right. You know? 
Oh my gosh. I heard this. I was watching this, uh, listening to this show the other day and, um, I heard this guy, he was talking about, and we're talking about selective outrage. He was talking about the fact that he and his brother are mixed and their mother's white. Mm -hmm. And his brother's 26, still lives at home with the white mother, but is a activist. He is a black activist living at home. So that's another thing of the selective outrage. We're not, we're, we're being hypocritical on things. There you go. Go ahead. What would you say, Coco? That doesn't make any sense. Thank you. And oh. that's what he was saying. It doesn't make any sense. And a lot of things that we're doing today doesn't make any sense. And I think that um, the whole uh, Lululemon. Mm -hmm. Like I've never purchased pants from there, but $99 yoga yes. pants. Right. You know, and right. I also think a, a topic he touched on, he doesn't want their political views. And, and, it, and yes. it's harsh. But it was like, that's his truth. Yes. He could care less about the political views of these companies. And right. to, we probably could, too. You know, we don't care. <laughs> no, I've never thought about it. Like, if, if I go buy a vehicle, I'm not trying to, 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 to um, look up and see what causes you support, what causes you don't. I'm looking for the best freaking deal. If I'm going to buy clothes or, or pants, I'm not looking for your your diversity statement i would expect for you to have that if you're like these are things you should have as a business owner you know you the only color that matters should be green so right. i understand that so and and the point of him even having to bring this up this is going on though companies are getting way too involved way too involved in I this mean, whole Activism. They're closed on a certain day of the week, and all we want is a chicken sandwich. And they're closed for political, religious. Right. Ex exactly. Yes. It's a business. It's a oh, business. A exactly. <laughs> I thought that was odd when I came to California um, because we I come, I'm from Oregon and we didn't have a Chick Fil A there. And so I hear about this Chick-fil-A. We head there on a Sunday because Burger King's open up on Sunday and all these other places are open up on Sunday. So why wouldn't they open up on Sunday? They're not open on Sunday because of their political beliefs. Political religious views. Like, yeah, we, we like, how we, dare you judge someone? You're not going right. to you, your business. So you exactly. And that's the problem. Living. Yeah. Right. And and that's why Chris Rock had to do a special and not only talk about Will Smith, but also talk about the, the crazy things that's going on for you as a comedian. How is it for you? I mean, do you have to be careful? And, and what kind of comedy do you do, Coco? I think, well, the thing is, um, I never really got into the full stream of comedy. So I don't even consider myself a comic. Okay. I just funny stuff in my opinion okay you know what I mean um but okay. the thing about comedy it's an art you right. that's where I think you have the freedom to say whatever you want to say you yes. say and if it happens to be funny some may laugh some don't right. but comedy is an art right. and I respect it because you can get up there and tell jokes but when you become a comedic genius to me is when you can start a joke yeah go on and when you could bring that joke right back to where it's yes. genius and I yes. love when comics do it you right. know what I mean um right. I love when they tell jokes that make you think yeah. you know like hmm and then I love those jokes that are just so real and say the nap the, the the things we we can't say right 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 to say, you right. know um 
Uh, who who's your favorite comic? Um, so as far as local comedians, okay. I have way too many to list. Okay. I don't okay. want to be favoritisms or leave okay. anybody out, but they all know that I love them. I express okay. it when I see them. Um, but as far as like big names, yeah, big names. I grew up when I started. Uh, Richard Richard Pryor right. was one of my favorites, and then it went to like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it wasn't until I hit like my twenties where I felt like maybe this is something I could do. And that was Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Those two did it for me because Tiffany Haddish was the very first comedian that I yeah. seen. I had seen plenty right, of right. Black female comedians before, right. but Tiffany Haddish was the first one that I seen that said, I said, huh, like that. Could be- <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Amidst other people a million times, but she was the one we feel like maybe this is something that I could do. Right. But I don't have one favorite. I love okay. all and I right. love different spectrums right. of the I like country comedians. I like right. African American. I like right. Caucasian, you know, Asian right. of them all. Yeah. It's to me and I respect it. Absolutely. No, I'm I'm with you. Um I don't I don't have a favorite. Um well I mean there, there's so many uh favorites. But it's it can be like you said a, a country comedian. To me, if you can make someone laugh, you 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 got me. If you can make That's me laugh, you got me. Because it's hard to get me to laugh. So I I don't really care who you are, where you are. If you can make me laugh, that's great. And I think with, for with you guys, to take away and and censor what you guys do is just it's the worst thing to me that that has happened with the whole woke thing, because comedians bring us together. They they uplift us when we're going through something bad. They talk about it and put it in a way to where we can laugh at it or we can laugh at ourselves. That's what you guys have done since the beginning of, you know, um, the, what do you call them in the, the castle days? When they have the, when they there have you the go. You the just, a- there you go. There specifically to make you laugh. There you go. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. And the thing with comedians, some comedians aren't funny to me. Some are humorous. And sometimes What's the difference. Tell me the difference. Um, funny to me is when like you laugh out loud. You okay. can really me laugh. But okay. humorous to me is where I'm listening, but I'll just go, hmm. Like okay. <laughs> it, it, I enjoyed the joke, but it may not be funny. It might have just been humorous. You right. know? Okay. 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 Well, Cat Williams is funny okay he's funny that's that's who I love I went to see Earthquake I think a year ago and it was my first time going to see a a comic um and Earthquake um I've watched him since the days of the Deaf Comedy Jam Uh he's always been consistent and um I I like the fact he doesn't tell the same joke every time if he does it's a twist but you know it's like when you go and see your favorite singer and you hope that they sing like they do on the album I yeah. went to go see, is he going to be funny like he is on Showtime or on on whatever? And he blew me yeah. away. It was yes. an absolute funny show at the punchline from beginning to the end. It was just, it, it, he, it, he was just, he was funny. Yeah. He was what absolutely I love funny. Earthquake is, he'll say, these ain't jokes. This is my life. Oh <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> right. That is his phrase. Right. Because sometimes people aren't funny. They're telling their real lives. Yes, very happens. true to be funny you very know? true yes <laughs> he said um his the funny the thing that gets me about that what he says is he'll open up a show and you know how they'll play the music and he'll say 
dang, DJ, you really played that CD real good. Like making fun of the fact that he just put a CD in. But with Earthquake, it could be little things. But like you said, they're not jokes. It's actually he's telling stories about his life and how his kids do own the house. And, yeah. and you know what I mean? Like little things like that. Are, are you, would you say that, do you take jokes from life experience? I mean, from you, like your life? That's where it comes from. Like okay. to me, those are my jokes. My real life, like I couldn't write this stuff. Okay. This, my real life, right? Was it, they're not. Most of them are not jokes. It's okay. real life, and okay. people be like, "That didn't happen." And I have to say, "No, it did really happen." Wow. And that makes it so funny because right. it's so unbelievable. My life okay. is so unbelievable at times. Okay. <laughs> um, like, do you? Do you? Are you freestyle with your jokes? Do you write them down? Like, how do you prepare for a show or even writing jokes? I've tried both ways. I've tried writing them down. And sometimes that sticks for me. Sometimes I just go right off of the head and say whatever, because you have to know your audience. Right. You may get up there with a game plan. And if you don't know your audience, then you can't, you're going to bomb. You okay. have to know your audience, you okay. know. And sometimes writing them down isn't always the best, but it's good to have uh, like a game plan or okay. an idea. A lot of the greats, they'll tell you, they don't write anything down. They'll wow. just go off the top of their head. Okay. You know? So it's when you get on stage, do you do you have like cue cards or do you just get on stage and just go for it? Like for you, do you just go for it? It depends on how I'm feeling and I'm going to be honest. I'll okay. keep notes. Okay. Sometimes the notes go out the window because okay. I'll tell it as I go and I might okay. see in the audience that will trigger you know you might see <laughs> triggers you to, okay. to joke, which leads to another joke and mm -hmm. I smoke a lot of weed so I'll get sidetracked and I'll start okay. talking before you know it my time is up and I didn't talk about <laughs> anything that I wrote down but you, know? you was you but you was funny though yes, yes. <laughs> and most times it's because I'm talking about something that has happened or some right. real stuff okay know? okay um, let's see. When was the first time that you were on stage? Cause I know you said you did this after you, you did everything okay. that you wanted to do your first time on stage. I was a kid. I used to throw talent shows in my backyard for my friends and I would copy jokes that I had heard. And I started writing my own jokes when I was about eight years old. Wow. So I would ghostwrite jokes for other people. That's okay. where a lot of my comedy, I would ghostwrite and write things, but I would very rarely do audiences and if I did it was small intimate okay and, but I've been getting in front of people and doing it since I was about five or six years old That's I watched awesome. Eddie Murphy raw right and that did it for me you okay. know I would get up and to me it would be wonderful because I love the wow factor I used yeah. to love to shock people and <laughs> the stage and in front of people is where I could say those things okay you know, I can freely say stuff like pissing a bucket or right. she joke and I wouldn't get in trouble because I'm just telling jokes. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> what about your parents? Like, how do they feel about it? Um, I think they're the reason why okay. I have a sense of humor. Um, okay. A lot of there um, to be completely transparent. My parents were drug addicts. My okay. father was a, a crackhead and my mother was in prison for 30 years. Wow. So, a lot of the jokes stem from them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You turn, what do they call it? You turn lemon, lemons into lemonade and just like. I took, 
yeah, I didn't let my situation ever hinder me or affect me. You know, I turned it around and I make it a humorous thing because I came out the strong one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I come from a family of alcoholics. And so but it was it was they were alcoholics in a funny way. You know what I mean? Like when I look back, like the things my grandma would do, because my grandma was absolutely hilarious, but she was just matter of fact. But she was really hilarious. And um, and her sisters and cousins were all hilarious when they drank, but they were alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And so I did grow up with that, um, with grandma's sense of humor of understanding that, you know what I mean? To where you can, when you look back and you can laugh at it, you know, there were times where it was, it was really, really bad and kind of scary. And sometimes I'll find myself looking back and just sitting and by myself one day and think of something that she said that was absolutely horrible at the time, but funny now I get the funny in it. So yeah. I do get that not, not letting that uh, as, as Chris Rock said, you know, the whole victim thing, when yeah. he talked about victims and people being victims, I love that he brought that up because a lot of us, you know, will, will, will do the victim thing to be seen. And actually he had wrote uh, easy ways to get attention. What did you think about his four oh, easy ways of getting attention? I love that when he started breaking down the things about right. what when he said attention. Yeah, it, think about how the social media has such an influence yes. on people, yes. and and then I go, maybe we do want more attention. We Absolutely. we want the likes. We want yes. to be seen. Yes. So like I was speaking truth. Yes, and opened a lot of our eyes to right. a lot of different things. So you're like, that's me. Yeah. Like if you're honest with yourself, you you will say that to me. This that's is what's not me. Um, the first thing on his um, easy ways to get attention: show your ass. Okay, yeah. that was it. That was his first thing because that is so true. If you get on social media and you show yourself, you got you got that attention. Okay, and this that's- is in today's world. Um, the second one was being infamous. You know, as he said, a school shooter. You know. Um, the 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 guy that walked into the Brooklyn supermarket and shot all the black people, infamous. Okay, you can do that, and then excellence, you know, yeah. excellence can get you attention. But he goes back to not as much attention as it would be if you okay. were to show your ass. Okay. Here, yeah, I think that it also made me realize that. I mean, society has made us very lazy. You know, the technology has made us very lazy. And that is a very true statement. It's hard to be excellent. You got to work really hard to be great. But it takes enough for me to bend over, put this G-string on. Right. You know. Right. Yes. Um, The Kim Kardashian, the Kardashian joke. I've been waiting for something like that. Grandma Chris. That was extremely hilarious. Now, it, the, the, it got real touchy when he said God came down and spoke to Robert Kardashian. I was like, where is he going? And then he turned it into a big joke. Your daughter right. sex with nothing but black men. And then it was like, right. oh, because it was like, right. it's true. Like, yeah, ooh. I was like, ouch. Oh, my gosh. How How is the audience going to react? That's what I said. He was fearless. He yes. touched on everything he didn't mm-hmm. have to have muscles and hit anybody to show that he could come right. out and in a match get a knockout because he right. was knocking them out with them that jokes. was the best guys um we're talking about chris rock special that premiered on netflix uh, sometime a few days ago um it's called chris rock 
um, selective outrage and um, it, it, many people have mixed reviews about it. Um, I came in it, you know, thinking bigger and blacker uh, Chris Rock, you know, funny, funny, funny. And then as I speak with Miss Coco behind uh, stage, she hips me to the year that he's had, you know, um, maybe he's he's had some trauma, you know, so he's coming out and he's going to give you him. But he's also going to talk about some of the things that's been irritating him as well. And um, like I mentioned before, guys, the way that Dave Chappelle does it, who I, everyone knows I love me some Dave Chappelle. But the way Dave Chappelle does it is he puts it in a joke with Chris Rock. You get it. it it's he speaks on it. He's not shying away from it. That's how he felt. He just made it into a joke. But you get that's where he stands. Um, and and that the past year, what he's been seeing in the headlines has been crazy. And he brought up situations uh, that we all we all noticed, but we we didn't want to say anything. And he did the the Kim Kardashian. You you know you all thought it. You know I thought it too. When he talked about uh you know the Kardashian, you know Kim's uh, father being uh, uh, one of the dream team lawyers and the whole OJ thing. And then it, it just happens that all his daughters are with black men. We've all thought that. We have yeah. all thought that beautiful family, beautiful kids, absolutely. But I like how he broke down each individual type of black person that Chris Jenner will accept in her family. The the crackhead, um, the crackhead. basketball player, that yeah. crackhead basketball player, um, the 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 what the mental case, uh, the Kanye. Yes. You know, um, yes. and then what, I, I don't know who he was talking about. I think it was. Uh, he could have named so many. So, yes. He could have named so many. You yes. Know? <laughs> and we've been thinking that, too. We just won't say it. But I thought that was funny to call her Grandma Chris because black grandmas will accept anybody's welcome in our household. And they will make you a plate and send it home with you. And so I love how he put that with Chris um, Jenner. Um, let's see. Uh, what else did we did we? Uh, I want to make sure. Oh, the Draymond Green joke about how your baby can come out like Draymond Green, or, or I have I, my children. I have a Draymond Green and I have a Steph Curry. So it's like hey, you never know what spectrum. Absolutely. Of no, you absolutely. never. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I have um, two Stephon Currys. Okay, maybe a little darker, but two two Stephon Currys. And then, you know, and then their kids from there. Okay. So yeah. it, it was very relatable to me as well because you, I sat and laughed. I mean, because I, I do feel like anybody, yeah. like he's touching anybody. Anybody can yeah. get this joke. It can affect you in your life. Anybody, I don't care who you are. It affects you in their, in your life. Um, we wanted, uh, Coco and I took a lot of notes because we wanted to make sure that we got the best of the best. Oh, Coco, really quick. Yes. Um, the joke about uh, the the neighborhoods. If you tell them oh, about that joke. Okay, okay. Now, when it comes to <laughs> this joke, I have to say I'm a bit on edge because only okay. because I've heard this joke and I know it came from another comedian. Really? You know, yes, that oh. that is this joke, and I only know this. Because I've heard this joke for one, but I also okay. at his writers do go to these open mics. They do go okay. to the and they'll take jokes and take okay. it back too. It just okay. so happens that that particular joke was caught yeah. on camera by the comedian and it's been posted on social media. Really? And it's almost verbatim, almost verbatim. No. But that is someone else's joke. So I can't give credit. I don't know about any okay. of the 
Okay. But I actually say for certain that that joke has been told before by another comedian. What you do know, you think about that? Um, it happens in the comedy okay. industry. Do I respect it? No, because okay. I think you should have your individuality. But I also right. know when you have ghostwriters and when you have people writing for you, right. you may not know where they came up with that joke. So I okay. don't fault Chris Rock. Okay. I fault his writers because it was almost verbatim. Okay, so this is a joke that we're talking about, guys. And just so Chris Rock was talking about um, um, how he if he's how he knows the difference of, of neighborhoods. Okay, if he's in a good neighborhood or not good neighborhood. So he's talking about the good neighborhood. He sees uh, women having a brunch. They're riding bicycles. They're just having a fabulous day. Okay, so in that neighborhood, you figure that's a good neighborhood. And then he spoke about. You know you're in a bad neighborhood when you see men hanging out, riding bikes that belong to little kids, so on and so on, okay? So that's the joke that we're talking about. But what Coco's saying is, no, she's heard that joke before. That's not his joke. And Chris Rock has a lot of writers, or would you say some writers? Yeah. And so he, he, may, not, he, he, um, he may not know that that joke was taken because, you know, yeah. they do have ghost writers. But it was a funny joke when he told it. It was just not his jokes. Yeah, when I hear a, a joke that, because um, I come from a family that we just love comedy. It, it, it was in our house. Um, Eddie Murphy's Raw, although we couldn't watch it, we used to sneak and listen to it. Um, the Richard Pryor albums, we would hear my mother playing them. So we, we, we're a family that just loves comedy. So you know how you hear a joke from someone and then you hear the, the joke again repeated by someone else? It, it, yeah. it does bother me because I don't, I don't like... Because I don't know whose joke that is. And it's like, well, I heard it from this person, but I don't I don't like that either. But it it's it is looked at as disrespect though, right? Right. Tell like telling repeating a joke around the water cooler with your friends, right? Family, right. Right. Then telling a joke from someone that is performing their craft on stage. Right. They haven't gotten as famous yet. Right. But that's their original joke. And to right. hear it on another platform, you'll go like, Hey, like that was right. my you know what I mean? Right. I know it, it hurts, you know. Right. But when that joke, it was humorous, but I knew that it wasn't his. OK. OK. Um, I think Carlos Mencia, um, um, I think he's known for uh, taking jokes back in the day. And, and, and the thing about him is he admits it and he, he talks about it. He'll tell the joke and, and tell it on stage and will admit that he told uh, took someone's joke. So uh, you, you know about him. You know that he's he's known for doing that. Yeah. 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 So, like, yeah. I, in that way, but it's like if that's what he, if that's how he feels he needs right. to get recognition, then okay. Yeah, I just, it's just, uh, it's just, I uh, mean, I, it's not creative. It's not, it's showing individuality. Right. I can't respect it. Right. Right. Um, I, I agree with you. That's just, uh, that's horrible. But yeah, water cooler talk, we all do it all the time. Um, Coco, did I, did I leave any? Well, okay. Let's, um, well, we, we, we talked about the, the whole Chris Rock um, and um, Will Smith thing. And I do want to say that when Chris Rock dropped Mike uh, or Mike dropped at the end of the show, I, I, I loved what he ended with because what he was saying was when people would ask him, why didn't you hit him back? Why didn't you do that? And his response was Coco. I was raised right. Basically, my mama taught me we do not fight in front of the man. Exactly. And that's a very true statement. He yes. was like... And who raised you to right. get 
her and do that. I was going to end it with that, too. If you look in Chris Rock's eyes yeah. at the end of that special, when he throws that mic down, it was like a sense of relief. Yes. And when he puts his hands up and accepts the praise, it's almost like a godlike complex. If he was lifting a burden, like he felt yes. free. You could right. feel his spirit was free. It's the look right. in his eyes at the end right I like i i did it i i talked did about it. it i did it it's done I, I and i hope he never speaks about it again i hope he yeah. never has to speak about it again but that is true what he said is you don't you don't you don't fight in front of certain people you don't do that i grew up with that um i i lived in mississippi at a point i went to an all-black school and when we would, i was on a volleyball team and when we would go play the other school we would have the head coach let us know who was black. We're not going to do this mm -hmm. in front of these people because one thing about us as black people is we tend to have to represent everyone. So we everyone. carry mm -hmm. everyone on our back, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I know I do that when I'm out and about. Coco, I'm sure you do that when you're out and about. You want to oh. make sure that we're seen in, we in call the it best way. Public. You got to know how to act in public. Very Absolutely. Act in certain situations. Absolutely. Anyone oh. should know how to act in public. But for him yeah. ending it like that, I thought it was great. I appreciate you enlightening me to what I thought and what I expected to get from this and what I got from this. I am happy that Chris Rock um, did this special. I'm happy that he finally talked about what we've been waiting for him to talk about. And I'm happy that he did it with class. Yes, Chris Rock cool. is class. If you haven't seen this, guys, you can watch this on Netflix. Um, it's it's on Netflix, guys. Um, please check watch it. it. Go ahead, Coco. I said, check it out. You won't be disappointed, or you might. But I say, give it a give it a chance. Please and give it a chance from a different point of view. Absolutely, you know? Coco. Tell us shout outs. Um, what do you have coming up? Shows, please let uh -huh. us know. April 6th, we have the Comedy Showcase at the Infusion Lounge, 5948 Auburn Boulevard, TNT Thursday Night Thunder with Swiss the Big Cheese hosting. Please come out and support some of Northern California's best comedians, the hardest working comedians. I say support your local comedians before they get famous because it's a lot of great talent out there. Absolutely. Um, too many names to names, but uh, JoJo, <laughs> I know I'm going to see you there, girl. <laughs> She's on the list. And so <laughs> April 6th, Infusion Lounge with TNT, Thursday Night Thunder, Switch the Big Cheese. Come on um, out. All right. And that's my sister's birthday. That's JoJo. That's my sister. That's her birthday. She lives in Vegas. Um, okay. And she's rooting for all of us. Um Guys, uh, I really appreciate you joining us. Um, let's see, what do we have coming up? Next week, uh, Wednesday the 22nd, I will be sitting with Movie Lovers Unite, Alex Haynes for A-Town Reviews, John D. Gregorio, DeGorio for Movie Lovers Unite. We're going to be talking about an old 80s film called um, The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Um, we, uh, no one's really talked about it. Um, Lily Tomlin is just a funny comedian. She used to be on Saturday Night Live when she yeah. used to do that. She used to do she used to do different impressions, kind of like uh, Richard Pryor got everybody started on that, by the way. But she she did different uh, different characters, and there was one that she did where she was this little girl in this big rocking chair. Anyway, so we're going to um, revisit Incredible Shrinking Woman. Uh, Alex and, and John have not seen it, so I can't wait to hear what they think about it. Um, also, guys, I'm going to be going um, talking with Jay Stackovell. We're going to be talking about the 1975 Richard Pryor movie, Which Way It's Up. We're going to do that um, probably the first or second week in April, guys. 
also, um, let's see. I think that's it, guys. I think that's it. I think that's all. By the way, Coco, will you be at uh, the mobile meetup on the 29th? I will be there. I will see you there. Coco yes. is now a friend of the channel. I will definitely invite her back. Coco, maybe we can do another uh, stand-up or if there's a movie that you want to review. I was thinking of Friday, maybe. Um, something funny, but if you have a movie that you want to bring, let's do this again. Um, maybe come into the studio out in Atomas. I'll give yeah. you that address too. And maybe you can come in and, and bless yeah. my new podcast. Um, yeah. So guys, um, this is Rossi Talks. I also have a new podcast. Um, it's called Rossi's Clubhouse. I shot my first show last week. So as soon as I get that show up, I will share that with you. The channel, um, I will, it'll be in the links, all right? And everything, Coco's Instagram, all of that will be in the video link. I appreciate you guys joining us. Go out and support Chris Rock. Watch that special. Let us know what you think. And don't forget, guys, for my listeners up on a podcast, remember, John and I did the, re the review of the menu last week. If you remember what they served for the fourth course, I have a free um, a God of War Ragnarok 5 downloadable for your PlayStation 5, okay? So if you've answered that question right, inbox uh, me at rossytalks at gmail.com or movieloversunite at gmail.com. Let us know what that course uh, included, and we will give you that free video game download because everyone knows here I am a gamer. Until next time, guys. <laughs>